If your kindness does not include yourself, it is incomplete. Jack Cornfield. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. Today we're going to be talking about the key to confidence, which in all reality is self-compassion. Well, I think it can be really easy to blame ourselves when things go wrong in our lives, when we maybe react poorly to a situation or don't do the right thing, maybe make a mistake. A lot of these things are normal things that we tend to all experience one way or another at some point in our life. But it can be really easy to kind of, I guess, lose sight of that self-compassion that we are so willing to give to other people when other people make mistakes or even to when you think about children or when you think about your pet, like when they don't do what you want them to or when things don't kind of go your way and other people are involved, we're usually pretty easy to find compassion and empathy for other people. But yet we find it a lot harder to do that for ourselves. And then we wonder why when we are kind of going through our lives and showing up for the things that we want to do and showing up for our dreams in a lot of ways, we don't feel that confidence in ourselves. We don't feel that confidence that we do have this, that we can trust ourselves, that no matter what happens, we'll make it through. And I think a lot of that just stems down to how much self-compassion we have for ourselves. I think if you want to be confident in this life, it all starts with compassion. Here's how to practice more self-compassion. Because if you plan on making any major moves in this life, you've got to be on your own team. There's no way you're going to be able to go through your life feeling good, feeling happy, feeling connected in a lot of ways to all of the things that you're trying to do and all of these goals that you're trying to chase. If you're kind of at odds with yourself, think about it. A lot of the times, I know I can speak from experience, when I'm kind of going through a more stressful time in my life or I'm not feeling super confident in myself or super confident in my abilities or even just the life that I'm trying to build, that is usually the times that I feel most like I'm, I guess, against myself. Like it's me versus me inside my head. And whenever I make a mistake or whenever something appears that basically triggers that worry that makes me think, oh God, there's an example, that's a symbol, that's a sign that everything I'm thinking that's basically non-forgiving of myself is true, that is only making it 10 times harder for me to go through my life happily or not even just happily, I guess, just to go through my life feeling good and feeling just confident. And not only that, just taking it all less seriously. Self-compassion refers to the way that we relate to ourselves, most specifically with the kindness that we give ourselves. And again, I feel like it can be a lot easier to show up and give kindness to maybe not necessarily all other people, but I think it's a lot easier for us to show up and, and be kind to the people that we love, to be kind to, like I said, our pets or especially children. But at the same time, we often forget get to turn around and give that kindness back to ourselves. How many times do you look in the mirror and the worst things that could have ever been said to you in your entire life are literally coming from you. They're coming from your own thoughts. When you catch that glimpse, you think, oh God, that's what I look like today. Or when you know you notice that you've made a big mistake, you're like, here we go again. I always mess things up. In general too, when you just like make a fool out of yourself, you know, you maybe trip and fall or you just do something that's just kind of embarrassing and you can't seem to let it go. You're like beating yourself up for it. That's when we 
need to come in with the self-love. That's when we need to come in with the self-kindness and not in a way that's arrogance or conceit because I think to be conceited or to be arrogant, like to show up and be like, I am the best. Like, I don't think that's the same thing as self-love because if anything, I think those are signs of a lack of self-love because when we don't love ourselves, there's like kind of two ways it goes, right? Like if we don't feel confident and we don't feel that kindness and that compassion for ourselves, a lot of the times the way that we end up showing up in the world. And a lot of us could probably think of even examples where we may have seen this before, where someone is either extremely arrogant or we have gone through times where we have acted extremely arrogant because we don't trust ourselves, because we don't feel confident in ourselves, or we show up completely defeated. We show up and we hide away, or we just think that we're not worthy of the things that other people are out there getting and living and basically making happen for themselves. Again, I think that comes from a lack of self-love. It doesn't do you any good to not only one, be big-headed, but also not only that, it's equally as helpful for you to be big-headed as it is for you to feel defeated about yourself and for you to feel like a giant failure. And both of those are just perfect examples of not being on your own team. What we're talking about here is connecting inwards with the kind of love and forgiveness that allows us to accept the good with the bad, the mistakes with the victories, and see it all as a part of life. A lot of the times when we do make mistakes and we do, I guess, embarrass ourselves, like, so what? Is it really the end of the world? In a lot of ways, if we didn't know what mistakes were, we wouldn't know what it means to get it right, to do something from start to finish without the mistake. And a lot of the times we aren't able to do things from start to finish without a mistake unless we've done it before and failed before. You can't become a master without ever, you know, failing. You have to mess up. You have to go the wrong way. You have to make the wrong choice. You have to make the mistakes in order to think or learn, ah, this is not the way I should go. I'll know for next time. So then when next time does come around, you do know better, but you can't expect yourself to know exactly what to do in this life, exactly how to live your life, exactly how to never embarrass yourself or always show up looking completely candid and graceful. You can't do that. That's just not how life works. You have to go through the times that are kind of uncomfortable and awkward. And not only that, embrace them and embrace that vulnerability in order to give yourself that kind of confidence that we're speaking of. How gentle we are with ourselves, how much we support ourselves, how we learn to understand our behaviors and our habits. These are ways that we can give back to ourselves. These are ways that we can show up for ourselves and give that type of kindness, I guess, in a lot of ways back. When we are gentle with our mistakes, particularly, and I say gentle in the sense of when you do mess up, when you do make a mistake, or you feel completely embarrassed, This is going to sound weird, but I want you to basically show up for yourself the way you would if you were your own kid or if you were maybe the kid version of yourself. Imagine you're going back to the little five-year-old you who made a mistake. I'm sure we can all think about times when we were kids too where like we completely embarrassed ourselves or we did something wrong and got in trouble and we just felt horrible. How would you in today's world or in the age that you are now go back and speak to that version of you? You would probably give them a pretty good pep talk. You'd probably tell them that this isn't going to matter in a few years. Trust me, you will barely even remember this. You won't even remember what you did. You'll only ever really remember feeling embarrassed about it. So the faster that you basically let yourself off the hook and maybe be a little bit more gentle with the fact that we embarrassed ourselves, the easier it is for us to kind of just accept that punch to the cheek and just keep going. And then not only 
that, the whole how we learn to understand our behaviors and our habits, I feel like this is almost like the adult version of learning not just to be gentle with ourselves, but I guess to kind of see ahead of the game. The more and more that I research things like awareness and just being overall more mindful of your life, more mindful of your behaviors, your habits, your thoughts, just basically taking note, just sitting back into the seat of whatever you are, I guess like your soul, your brain, I don't know, we're getting a little off topic here, but basically just the whole understanding that when you behave a certain way or when something becomes habitual for you, in a lot of ways, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but it's not your fault. Like it is your fault if you continue to behave the same way or do the same habits once you've realized them. But before you've realized them, they're not your fault. You're not a bad person if you have you know, a habit of something that you're not proud of. You're not a bad person if there's a behavioral tendency to maybe freak out when you're stressed or to get super defensive when someone's trying to be honest with you. You're not a bad person. Even if you do notice those things and you continue to behave that way, a lot of the times you're just a person that's trying to protect yourself. But a lot of the times the whole protecting ourselves ends up making it so that we are protecting ourselves so badly that in a way we kind of beat ourselves down before anybody else has a chance to. And that is the complete opposite of confidence. That's the opposite of self-compassion. And it's just it's not helpful. It's not going to get you anywhere. The only way that you should ever, you know, I guess, intermingle with your thoughts or learning to understand your behaviors, your habits, your mistakes, anything in life is to arrive with self-acceptance instead of self-judgment. I'm just going to reiterate that one more time to basically take everything that goes on with you, within yourself, when you're talking to yourself and you're trying to become on your own team, you need to accept yourself not judge yourself. And that includes with the good and the bad. Knowing the difference between making a bad decision and being a bad person is basically the difference between learning how to accept that you made a bad decision rather than judge yourself as if you are a bad person. Your worth should be unconditional, most importantly to yourself. When you think about a dog, when you think about your dog, is that love unconditional? When your dog doesn't do what you want him to, you know, when your dog chews up a shoe or just does something where you're just like, seriously, I I just, this is not what I need right now, but you have to like clean it up anyways. Do you ever make that a condition in which that you no longer love your dog? No, that would be crazy. You still love the crap out of your dog, partly even because they do those silly things. So you kind of, in a way, have to give that same sense of love or translate your own sense of love through that same filter. When we arrive with compassion for ourselves, it affects all of the other areas of our lives. Our social life increases, our emotions are more stable, we're generally more happy and satisfied with life, and therefore we're feeling more overall confident. So in a lot of ways, the whole confidence thing, while confidence can be, yeah, you know, put on a cute outfit that makes you feel good or rock a red lip or whatever, when it really boils down to it, it's just learning to accept and embrace yourself. We have to basically create wiggle room to make mistakes or do the wrong thing and take a chance and therefore make it less risky to believe in ourselves. And when we make it less risky to believe in ourselves, we show up and we don't hold back. We don't hesitate. We just do. We just live. We just be. Even if we mess up, we learn to laugh it off easier. We take it lighter. We take ourselves less seriously. And in a lot of ways, I think that that might even be the first ingredient to self-compassion, at least in my books, because when you take yourself less seriously, when you do mess up, 
when someone doesn't agree with the way that you live your life or if someone doesn't agree with you at all or if you have a disagreement in general, you just take everything a little more lightly. You're able to see where maybe you could have chosen better words in a conversation or maybe you could have chosen a better action or maybe there's a habit you need to change, but it's all kind of part of your own bloom. There is such thing as a healthy level of narcissism. It helps us recover from life's smaller inconveniences like maybe having a bad day or making a work mistake or losing something like a job or a significant other. And it is a huge, huge difference to have that level of healthy narcissism and then like we were saying, being arrogant or being, you know, big headed. There's a big difference and learning that difference is going to make the biggest change in terms of whether or not you're able to show up for your life feeling more confident or feeling more self-conscious. So if you want to learn how to take a look at your self-compassion radar, then hang around. I'm just going to leave you guys with a quick break with the sponsors that brought you guys today's episode. So let's take a look at our self-compassion radar. How do we do that? How do we find out where we're at with ourselves when it comes to self-compassion? Well, there is one really easy way to do it. It's to take a look at the relationships in your life right now. Our relationship to everyone and everything in our lives, from our boyfriends to our best friends to our family members to you know the person you see every day at the same cafe or a stranger passing by on the street. These are all direct mirrors of our self-connection. How we treat ourselves is often reflected in our relationships. And therefore, if you find yourself often feeling left out, often feeling forgotten about, treated poorly, or, you know, when you're just like, even when you're driving down the street, do you get road rage? Do you notice that when someone cuts you off, you just cannot let it go? Are you possibly feeling those same emotions or doing these same things to yourself? Are you cutting yourself off in any way in your life? Are you treating yourself poorly in any way in your life? Are you forgetting about your own needs, about your own wants? Or are you leaving yourself out in order to show up for other people? And like, this is where the whole, I think, healthy narcissism thing comes in. Because I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't be showing up for other people or that when someone cuts you off, it isn't annoying. Or that when someone's forgetting about you or treating you poorly, that you shouldn't stand up for yourself. But I do think that the level in which those things affect us on a daily basis are a pretty good mirror at how we're feeling inside about ourselves. A lot of the times it's easier to kind of roll something off our sleeve when someone cuts us off or when someone is treating us maybe not as friendly. And I'm not, again, I'm not talking about like if someone's really, really disrespecting you, big difference. But I just mean when someone maybe seems a little off or their energy is a little bit more negative than usual, are we able to let them off the hook easier when we're kind of feeling better within ourselves or when we're feeling like things are going pretty good internally. In a way, are we able to be like, oh, you know, maybe so-and-so is just kind of having a bad day. Do we let that roll easier when you're feeling more compassionate about yourself? Usually, yes, because the way that we are able to show up and give compassion to other people is usually around or relative to the amount that we give that to ourselves. There's a quote I specifically love from The Perks of Being a Wallflower, and it's, we accept the kind of love that we think we deserve. If you noticed that when you're walking down the street, you avoid eye contact or conversations with strangers, or maybe even you avoid conversations with friends, if you fail to reach out to those around you, if you're constantly finding yourself feeling angry or resentful or lonely or disconnected, it might possibly mean that it's time to take, you know, 
time and turn inward towards yourself? How have you been neglecting yourself? How have you been holding yourself down and back in any way? And at one point, did you stop seeing your encounters with life as things that are stealing your energy rather than mixing and commingling with it? I think that a lot of the times becoming aware of these things, realizing when you're walking down the street, how do I feel right now? Do I feel uncomfortable or do I feel okay? Am I smiling at the people walking by me or am I just darting down and looking away in insecurity? Because I think that when we notice that, we're starting to realize the filter that we're putting on our lives. And a lot of the times seeing that filter is going to be uncomfortable because you're going to notice, wow, I really do avoid eye contact with people. Wow, I am not the kind of person that can just show up and talk to anyone. And that's totally okay. But if you want to be the type of person that does commingle with other people, if you want to open up your ability to have more pockets of energy or moments of inspiration, then that is where you start. You find that compassion to think, okay, Even if I smile at someone and they don't smile back at me, I'm going to be okay. Even if I make a mistake, I'm going to be okay. Or even if, you know, I say the wrong thing, I'm totally going to be okay. And that is where the whole self-compassion starts. When you look back on your life, what do you want to remember? When we hold ourselves to super unrealistic standards, including even just the way that we do interact with our everyday life, when we never allow ourselves the benefit of the doubt or wiggle room or potential vulnerability, we make it super difficult to allow ourselves to let other people in our lives to do the same thing too. How much of your worth do you place on other people? How much of your validation comes from outward places or how much are you really looking for in anywhere that isn't you? I think that when we're honest with ourselves, the imbalance that comes from seeking our validation from external forces can become so habitual that we may not want to admit how much of our confidence rides on feeling accepted or important to other people. And this includes people that we may not even know. I'm talking names of people of faces that you have never seen. I'm talking numbers on a screen. I'm talking strangers on your street. I'm talking the community of people that you live in or the community of friends that you have. How much of our confidence rides on feeling accepted or important to those people? That is a really uncomfortable question because I think when at least I know I'm honest with myself, a lot of my validation does come. Like I love feeling that feeling of posting something and thinking like, oh, other people connected with this. This is cool. That has become a norm in 2019. So it's no wonder that our validation is, and we didn't choose it this, to like be this way, but it's kind of ingrained to be external. So the more you notice that, the more you can use that knowledge to your power and start shifting it back into internal. This is going to sound odd, but a perspective that works for me when I find myself pulling a little too much from my outward validation tank is this. Live as if your importance is irrelevant to anyone but yourself Or another way to look at this is have the most fun of all of the yous in the room. I know that's going to sound really weird, but let me digress. There's a version of you that's holding back. There's a version of you that's looking for risks. There's a version of you that fears your rewards. There's a version of you that might assume the worst of yourself, or there's a version of you that might even assume the worst in others in order to stay safe and comfortable and protect yourself. But there's also a wide variety and version of you that's, you know, free and a version of you that's fearless, a version of you that's just living for the wild of just life, the wild ride of life, or a version of you that's just curious, a version of you that's doesn't really even care one way or the other. Either way, what I'm trying to get at here is choose to be the version of you that would be having the most fun in this room. Whatever you're doing right now, wherever you are right now, 
be the version of yourself that would have the most fun right here. And not in a way that you need to show how important it is that you're having fun to everybody else, but the importance of having fun. Just prove that to yourself. Now that we're all inspired, you know, to love ourselves and all that good stuff, I feel like I got super passionate there, but let's boil it back down into more earthly realms, okay? How can we make some actual tangible steps here? Here is basically what you need to do. The first thing, and like I said, what I was trying to say at least earlier, is that you can do this in a journal, you can do this through meditation, or you can do this just whenever you notice yourself feeling self-conscious. The first thing is to talk to your younger self. So treat yourself in whatever situation you're finding yourself in like it's the little kid version of you. We kind of touched on this earlier. And in a lot of ways, when you do that, when you love yourself the way that you would love a puppy or a kid or maybe even your future kids if you need to do that kind of mind twist, whatever – we put way less pressure on that version of us. And it's because we expect a lot less from that version of us. We all deserve the same kind of love and compassion, but I think that we tend to have higher expectations in certain situations. And somewhere along the way, we learned that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to hold on to those expectations. And the fastest way to get rid of them is to talk to yourself as if you're talking to the kid version of you. You're, in a lot of ways, still that same kid version, as weird as it sounds, so nurture her. The second thing you're going to need to do is to take rein on the tone of your thoughts. Notice when you're thinking things like, oh my God, that was so stupid. I'm such an idiot. This is why no one likes me. And then basically insert an antidote thought right away. This could be true, but so could this. That's kind of how I feel like it's easiest to jump into an antidote thought because I don't ever want to feel like I'm discrediting my feelings because I just don't think that works for me because I can't just flip my mind into believing something completely different just because I catch a thought. So anytime I notice myself thinking like, oh, that was completely embarrassing, I'll think, well, that could be true, but it also could have just been not that embarrassing. Maybe no one really even cared. Or maybe it's only embarrassing if I believe it's embarrassing. Or, you know, if I'm having a thought where I'm like, oh, today's going to be a bad day, I'll think that could be true, but it could also be a pretty good day if I'm willing to give it a try. Basically, you just want to notice when you're catching a super negative tone or a negative thought, especially if it's in direct reflection to yourself and with even with other people. This works on a multitude of things and thoughts that you could use this on, but you just want to insert a thought that could also be true. You just want to make yourself doubt what you may have negatively been thinking. You're not trying to think completely positive. You're just trying to see that life isn't so black and white and perhaps you're being a little hard on yourself. If you're willing to doubt yourself in the first place, can't you also doubt your doubt? I know that that sounds kind of weird, but the whole double negative, you know, if you doubt a doubt, doesn't that turn it into an undoubt? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to go into the next step because I'm starting to get rambly here. The third is to give yourself some wiggle room. Perfection is just an illusion and your comfort zone is always going to be your biggest limit. Now, I do think that there is times, just like healthy narcissism, that there is such thing as a healthy comfort zone. We can't always be outside the comfort zone or else we'll burn ourselves out. But I do think that when we get too used and too comfortable to being in our comfort zone, especially if our comfort zone is basically discrediting ourselves, then that does become our biggest limit, aka we become our biggest limit. 
Your biggest mistakes often turn into your biggest strengths if you're willing to learn from them. So give yourself the wiggle room to take a chance, you know, be a little risky, be a little ballsy because even if it doesn't work out or you feel like an idiot or it doesn't turn out the way that you just assumed it would, you know, it turns into a strength somewhere down the line. Ultimately, just stay curious and stay a student in life. It makes it so much easier to never expect a master of ourselves if we're constantly looking at life like a classroom and ourselves as the students. Play with life, stay open and curious, and do the best that you can. And when all else fails, just remember that everything is a chance to learn. An easy question thought that will help you whenever you are feeling down in life is, is there anything that I am learning right now? So even if you still find the whole, you know, self-compassion thing a little difficult, ask if even in the lack or, you know, even in the absence of your self-compassion, are you learning anything by it? Are you learning anything about it? Are you learning anything from it? Because if so, if you're learning something, then in a lot of ways, kind of like I said a little earlier, it's all part of your bloom. Super lame, super corny, but I just love the idea of, I read a quote, I think I posted it to the Co's channel, but it was something along the lines of one day you look back on your life and you notice that all along you were blooming. So I like that thought. I like that thought that even when we are kind of struggling with maybe being compassionate with ourselves or compassionate with other people or just being a little bit more, I don't know, maybe having a little bit more humility in the face of embarrassment or making a mistake that it's all part of learning how to bloom. We're all out here just trying to find more compassion for other things and thus also true for ourselves. From the person talking crap about you behind your back to your next door neighbor who seems to maybe look like they have their whole life together. I think that everyone is still trying to find their own sense of compassion in some way, one way or another. And that magic is what happens when we feel the thread of that compassion between all of us. So there you guys have it. That is my Coffee Talk podcast episode for today. I hope you guys enjoyed I also hope you guys all have an amazing week and that you feel a little bit more kind and patient with yourself this week. Maybe that could be the overall goal for the week. I don't know. I'm going to try and take that into my week at least. And aside from that, I hope you guys enjoyed hanging out and I'll talk to all of you guys in next Monday's Coffee Talk podcast episode. Bye guys.